0: Mr. Frantic Times, I'm the best, I'm Peter Waldman! Hello and oh, sorry, welcome! Oops, sorry, I burped.
1: You have to start what? again. I burped. You have to start
0: again.
2: Start again. <coughs> yep.
0: Sorry. Okay, now? Now nah, nah, i go. Sure. Everybody, get him out now! Uh. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode twenty-nine of the Best of Frantic Times I'm podcast.
1: P- you didn't say podcast. We've done this so many times, and you forget it now? Like, what is wrong with you? Uh. Oh.
0: Hello <laughs> and welcome to the Best of Frantic Times podcast. Podcast. <laughs> podcast. I'm still Peter Waldman. I'm still mostly Rick Green. I'm completely Dan Redican, and I'm—he's <laughs> stuck with Bing Paul Chat. Yeah, I am. <laughs> okay. So, uh, for those of you who have been following it, normally it's just uh, Paul and I, uh, just, uh, I was going to say bang out episodes, but that's that's <laughs> wrong. Banging is never a good word. No wonder so, we didn't come in. <laughs> so, tonight, uh, today, this episode, we're very excited that uh, Rick and Dan have joined us. Yes, the and entire
2: Frantics cohort is here. Oh my God. Excellent. And uh, we're starting with one of my favorite things we did, which was the Great Giant Titans. We took uh, took famous names and we just, we <laughs> tore them to ribbons, it was Great fun. It ended up spawning the whole series we did, the Fraticks Walk Upright, and then I ended up doing a show called History Bites, and who <laughs> knows where it could lead next.
0: I wound up at Thrifty selling jeans. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. So it, it wasn't a great idea for me. No, no. So here but... it is,
1: great giant tight ones. Mozart.
2: Great giant titans. The men and occasional women who have changed the course of world history. Today Great giant titans looks at Mozart Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, or Mo to his friends. In his brief career, Mozart wrote more music than a conductor can shake a stick at. Mozart's father was Bobby Joe Mozart, a wealthy Austrian gentleman, a patron of the arts and a man of letters. He owned his own dry cleaning business. By night, he booted people in the head. In 1725, Bobby Joe fell in love with, and later met, Stump Schapotinsky. By day, she was a washerwoman for the gentry, but by night, she was asleep. But not one night, and nine months later, Mozart was born. Mozart was a small baby who went unnoticed by his parents for months at a time. He filled his lonely, empty hours with music. It was clear, Mozart was born to suffer for his work At the age of one, he could play the piano But it was obvious he needed lessons Mozart was accepted as a student under the great Lily Hamflop-Geldenheimer, a woman with a stupid name
3: Now, now, play the violin No, 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 you're holding it wrong Put this up higher. Draw the bow across the perpendicular.
2: Ah, that's better. Lily was a voluptuous woman with great talents out to hear. She taught Mozart the ways of love. Come to me, my little mo.
3: No, you're holding me wrong. Put this under your chin. Now draw the bow across the perpendicular.
2: Oh, that's better. (laughs) Lily was a raving beauty who drove men mad. Finally, Mozart's schooling with Lily ended.
3: Here's cab fare. Keep in touch.
2: Heartbroken and liver-spotted, Mozart turned, turned to composing. Mozart's music from this period has been described as bright, spontaneous, and three sizes too large. Mozart became a great fan of Haydn. Mozart would often show up at Haydn's concerts and cheer.
0: Oh, Haydn, go! Wow, Go, Go! I love it! Oh, baby!
2: In 17-something or other, Mozart started working with a blind assistant named Gumbo. As Mozart composed, Gumbo would write down the notes. What
4: were those notes, boss? I was B flat, B flat, B flat, G. Right, boss. E flat, D flat, B sharp, G. Okay. Play it all back. Let's hear it now.
2: Everyone knows this is the theme from the movie Three Stooges Go to Mars. But did you also know this is Mozart's Eine Kleine Nachtmusik? So many of today's favorite tunes were Mozart's. Still, Mozart was poor. He made ends meet by playing his compositions on street corners and making up words to sing along.
4: There was a young girl from Vienna with red lips and hair of Sienna She'd fondle your chin if you played violin and go all the way for piano.
2: Mozart's luck took a turn for the collector lane when he met Helga Knockwurst. She was a simple girl, two legs, two arms, one head. But that was enough for Mozart. Mozart was jealous of the other men in Helga's life, her suitors, her husbands, and Steve the linebacker. And so he challenged them all to a duel. Mozart chose sabers. But they chose pistols. Mozart sustained 200 gunshot wounds. He would have survived, only it was impossible. When he died, Mozart left behind some very impressive statistics. He wrote 50 symphonies, ate 10,000 hamburgers, and never once used an elevator. One wonders what he might have accomplished had he lived longer. More hamburgers, maybe. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, another great giant titan who really couldn't dance. Next week, Rod McEwen. Rich, famous, and unembarrassed. Good night.
4: What have we got this time, Sarge? Oh, it looks like a robbery. Montreal's getting dirtier by the day. What was their MO?
0: Well, as best we can figure it, two suspects wearing stockings over their arms burst into this laundromat, demanded all the lint in the dryers, threatened everyone with a roll of wax paper. Then they grabbed a box of detergent and told the customers to lie on each other and count to a trillion. Uh Then they set fire to themselves. Then they fled in a canoe out the back door they crashed into a tree then ran back in through the front door ran through the front window then took each other hostage then they shot their getaway driver and escaped on foot into the back of a police paddy wagon then ran back out and down a sewer hole I can't figure it
4: it's obvious Sarge it's the work of disorganized crime
2: a loosely knit conglomeration of confused criminals bent on diverse goals through no clear plans disorganized crime, staging robberies on desert islands extorting dead people, threatening honest citizens with free samples
3: May I help you, gentlemen? Some fruit? Vegetables?
0: Nice little store you got here, lady!
3: Oh, yes. <laughs> Busiest fruit store in the area. Are you from the government?
0: Are we from the government? <laughs> did you hear that, boys? Are we from the government? <laughs> Wait. Are we? Uh, uh, I don't know. And now the news. A
4: gang of disorganized criminals attempted to hold up the bank at Maine and Fillmore with sawed-off shotguns. However, the shotguns were sawed off at the handle and they just did a little dance and laughed. <laughs>
0: All right, nobody move! Now put your feet up in the air where I can see them!
2: We asked Captain Foresight of the Montreal Police Department why the police have been unable to catch disorganized criminals.
4: The normal criminal is a step ahead of us. (laughs) Disorganized crime is 12 steps behind us. (laughs) We put undercover men in all the banks and they stick up a hydro tower. (laughs) We try to trace a threatening call and they're just shouting from across the room. (laughs) We set up roadblocks and they set up roadblocks.
2: Is that the only reason the disorganized criminals have not been caught?
4: Oh no, you must not forget, this is Montreal.
2: Thank you and good night. That was funny, that last skit. Disorganized crime. What can you say, disorganized crime?
5: <clears throat> uh, nothing. I can <laughs> say nothing. Nothing.
4: And now it's time for the adventures of Jake and Harriet Limper. The last two people on Earth. This week, Jake and Harriet have their first marital spat since Armageddon. We join them in the rubble of their living room. Er-
2: Yes, Harriet, dear?
6: Jake, could you move your feet? I'm trying to vacuum around that rock.
2: (laughs) Harriet, why do you always have to vacuum when I'm watching TV?
6: Why do you watch TV when there's nothing on? The TV's just a blackened sheet of metal and glass and there's no electricity.
2: Well, then why do you vacuum if there's no electricity?
6: Because I want to keep the place clean.
2: Harriet, pushing a piece of fused plastic around the dirt and ash isn't cleaning anything.
6: I can't do anything right, can I?
2: Harriet, just vacuum after I watch the TV.
6: Well, at least I don't sit around all day staring at the remnants of household appliances.
2: Nag, 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 nag. I'm going for a walk, Harriet.
6: And just where do you think you're going to walk to?
4: Where will Jake go to? What will he see? Will he ever return? What will Harriet do while he's gone? Find out next week on the continuing adventures of Jake and Harriet Limper, the last two people on Earth.
0: There were were periodically sketches that had accents. And uh, I remember we were pretty good at Canadian. And uh, I think we could pull off American... Our Americans were usually from the south. Yep. Uh, we didn't do Australian very well, and uh, but we thought we could do English and Irish, sort of. So here's a sketch with some bad English accents. What do you mean
2: bad? Oh, okay.
0: Oh, you're awful! <laughs> Whatever were you thinking? <laughs> I dare <didn't> think. <laughs> say. <laughs> Welcome home, Captain Mark. Princess Anne is in the library. I see. Let me take your coat, sir. And your boots. Here, I'll take your cape. Oh, no, let me take your umbrella and your gloves.
4: Thank you, Hargreaves. I wish to see Anne. Carry me to the library. (laughs) Yes,
2: sir. Here we
0: are, Captain Mark. Allow me to get the door for you,
4: sir. Fling it open dramatically. I'm in a real mood today. Uh, very
0: good, sir.
3: Anne,
4: slam the door, Hargreaves. I'm home.
3: Well, at last Mark Phillips has decided to honor us with his presence.
4: You're upset, Anne. Hargreaves, pull up a chair for me. Uh, very good, sir.
1: Now set me down in it. Yeah. There. Now, what's wrong, Anne?
3: As if you didn't know. Rosie! Yes, Mum? Light me a cigarette and smoke it for me. Yes, (laughs) Mum.
4: Since when have you taken to smoking, Anne?
3: Well, if you were home more often, Mark, you would know I smoke when I'm upset. Rosie, pace the floor for me. Yes, Mum. Anne, whatever is the matter? Hargreaves, frown for me. Very good, sir. Mark, I am. Rosie, turn and stare at him dramatically. Yes, Mum. I'm pregnant. Smile, Hargreaves, and fetch champagne. This is wonderful news. There's nothing wonderful about it, Mark. Not while you're running around with other women. Look
4: surprised, Hargreaves, and shrug. Whatever are you talking about?
3: Jessie? pick up this evening's paper and slap it onto Captain Mark's hand scornfully then point at the headline. Yes, mum.
4: Look shocked, Hargreaves, as I read. Mark and Anne headed
1: for royal
0: divorce. Hargreaves, pour me a drink with shaky hands. Shall I spill a bit for effect, sir? Yes, Hargreaves.
4: <laughs> now, Anne, darling, you know that's a load of rubbish.
3: Rosie, slap Hargreaves across the face. Yes, Mum.
4: Hargreaves, look scornfully. Turn and walk out of the room.
3: Rosie, grab the vase and throw it at Hargreaves. Yes, oh, Rosie, what have I done? Go and cradle him against your bosom. Yes, Mum. So, oh, Mark, are you all right?
4: I, I, I think so. Come around slowly, Hargreaves.
3: Yes, sir. <laughs>
4: Oh, Anne, are we really going to have a baby?
3: Yes, just
4: feel... Hargreaves, feel Rosie's tummy. Is she? Uh, Yes, sir, she's showing. Oh, Anne, Hargreaves, get up. Sweep Rosie into your arms. (gasps) Rosie,
3: swoon.
4: Now, upstairs, into the royal bedchambers and ravish her.
3: (gasps) Oh, Mark.
4: Oh, Anne. Oh,
3: Rosie. Oh, Hargreaves. (laughs)
4: This Christmas, get her the new Philip Shaver.
3: (laughs) Philip, shave my legs!
0: Coming, Elizabeth.
1: Do we have enough gluey stuff for this show or do we need some more crazy
2: you, you can things? you
1: can say semen paul
2: <laughs> <laughs> we can say something if, about edit I the commandments. i would say it if i could
1: generate any more <laughs> we
2: have another history skit editing the commandments it's not the, history rick no
5: the, no 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 the, the,
2: okay geography it's another geography skit? well they're all geography skits because they take place somewhere is that what geography is? Yeah, geography is like places. So as long as the scene had a place that it took I was place actually, in. I was
5: actually thinking about the Ten Commandments. I was thinking that they that they don't make sense. As uh, Moses went up the mountain, the mountain came down with the Ten Commandments. They don't. They're not things that God cares about.
1: Well, any like of them. The first three ones. Well it's it, because it's, it don't take his name as vain it's all about him the first three
5: it, first three but that's all it keeps that. it keeps control over the group of people like god doesn't need to have control over people he set the world up people are running around they're killing each other he doesn't care about that the people have to live and die he doesn't care animals kill each other all the time there's no laws about that god doesn't have laws about that stuff so these are all things that people care about but if you want to keep a, a group in control you want to give them a lot of religion and worry about god and worry about the day and think he's going to get, get mad at you if you break his rules that's right and that's what it's all about and so model all, trains you have it, to have
1: model trains absolutely
2: Boy, are these commandments heavy. Why couldn't he give them to me in my living room? Who comes up Mount Sinai? Ugh. Hey, God! Yoo-hoo! It's Moses, I'm back! Moses? Why have you climbed
4: back up Mount Sinai?
2: It's about the commandments you gave me. I started reading them on a rest break when I was climbing down. They're just not right. What? Well, they're a little... Wordy. Wordy! That is the word of God! Right, right. And don't get me wrong, I love them. They, I mean, they really work for me. You know, they're fabulous. They love but the, the Israelites, are, they're simple people. Shepherds, goat farmers, corporate lawyers. And your, your commandments, they, you know, they need to be catchy. We gotta, gotta edit.
0: Edit? Never take my commandments to the
2: tribes of Israel that they... Might live by them. But I'm telling you, they won't live by them when they look like this. Listen, if I didn't feel strongly about this, I wouldn't have dragged these slabs all the way back up here.
4: All right, Moses, speak.
2: Okay, thanks, God. Now let's start with number one here. thou shalt have no other gods before me neither big ones nor little ones nor anyone who does a few magic tricks from the back of a cereal box (laughs) nor two guys standing on each other's shoulders under a blanket those
4: frauds under the blankets are false prophets
2: yeah lord take it from the leader of the jews it's not gonna wash okay (laughs) don't list just say "Um, thou shalt have no other gods before me short sweet to the point i love it but what about those guys under the blankets it's understood look Say someone checks your list and sees Bozo the Clown isn't here, or a money, or fame. Well then they'll think it's okay to go follow those false gods. Who would worship Bozo the Clown? The Philistines, who knows? <laughs> the point is, there's a lot of chaff in the wheat here. Oh, chaff and wheat. I like that. Can I use it? It's yours, God. Now... Number two. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images of any likeness of anything that is in heaven. Not angels or cows or anyone named Bill or the sports facilities we have. I, I see.
4: I'm, I'm listing again.
2: Right. I'll edit that one later. Leave it with me. Now, number three. Number three. Drop it. Thou shalt not take my name in vain. Uh, 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 it's an inside joke. The people in the industry are going to get it. Rabbis, holy men. But your average desert nomad likes to swear.
0: Not my name
2: Okay, 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 we'll keep that one Can you put out the burning bush? The smoke really bothers me Sorry Now what about number four? Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy Unless you play golf or repanel the basement Or have a part-time job
4: I'd go mad if I didn't do something on Sundays You know, I never really rested
2: Yeah it's weak. It lacks authority. you got to come on strong here. People love a god who's unforgiving and harsh. Now, number five. Honor thy mother and father. It's dynamite. I love that. A family angle. Great images. It's really oh. going to grab Thank you. <laughs> I took out the moose and people with money. Oh? Now... Uh, number six thou shalt not kill i like that so do i what's this doing number six this is neuronal material i mean you open with this this is your credits i, I mean, didn't want to get
4: too heavy right off the top uh-huh. and it shows if anyone's reading the thing
2: well i'll leave it number six for now now what's this number seven Sam and Dorothy knew it was love. This was how it should be, an affair that they would, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They tumbled into the bed groping, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) It's my wife. Suddenly the room lit up with gun... What's this? Pulp fiction.
3: Thou
4: shalt not commit adultery.
2: Oh. Well, why didn't you say so? I'm sitting here looking at this thing. I mean, this. This is just... Uh,
4: I I can see that there's a lot of problems.
2: Yeah, a lot. Eight's okay. Nine and ten are a mess. Covet thy neighbor's ass. Come on, God. That's a little cheap. (laughs) I meant donkey. Oh, oh, don- oh, I see, oh, donkey, oh, Jesus. Well, look, let me take it. I'll do a complete redraft. We'll run it up the flagpole, see who salutes it. Okay? OK. OK. You got to remember, less is more. I
0: just feel undignified, altering the laws of God to
4: pander to the lazy and the ignorant heathens. I know
2: how you feel, but hey, God, the customer's always right.
0: Dan, death for jobs. Take it away.
5: Oh, yeah, this is uh, this is uh, something that I'm, I'm very big on, is philosophizing. I don't get many chances to share my wisdom with the world. No. Sometimes I have wise things to say. People don't uh, take it seriously. He's but wise. I, He's wise. I, at this point, I thought I was making a fairly reasonable uh, argument, and um, I'm pretty... I stand by everything <laughs> that I said. Until you hear this sketch. Oh, yeah, I, won't,
0: I don't want to hear this sketch. <laughs> death for jobs
4: there's a simple solution to the current state of the economy death (laughs) you know they say we have low productivity here in canada well that's because we don't die fast enough (laughs) it's like inflation and unemployment when lifespan goes up productivity goes down you know for the past 30 years economists have been saying grow 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 now everyone knows you can't grow forever and there comes a time when you have to say Die, die, die. I picked up this morning's newspaper. 70 deaths, that's 500 people a week. That's a lot of job vacancies. But the trouble is they're all old people. It's time working people in this country died off. If 500 people a week died in every city, we'd have unemployment licked in no time. Now that's not saying that unemployed and retired people shouldn't croak too, because they should. That way, the government saves big on welfare and pensions. Plus, the country gets even richer from death taxes and inheritance taxes. Now, what about doctors, you say? Keep them on! No one causes more premature deaths than doctors. (laughs) If we had more people dying in every walk of life, job hunting would be a snap. You'd show up and try the job. If it didn't suit you, someone will croak somewhere else and you can try there. To start things off and to show the government's really serious about saving our economy, they could all die in Ottawa. <laughs> Hell, half of them are dead already. <laughs> Death may be a sad, tragic, terrifying experience, but it's better than anything liberals have come up with. <laughs> More later. Bye for now.
2: Attention, choppers! Only 13 shopping minutes till Christmas. Thank you for shopping at Simpsons.
7: You're welcome. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Young man, do you sell these sweaters in children's sizes? What? This sweater, dear love.
4: Oh, that's nice. Where did you get it?
7: <laughs> right here. And I'm wondering if I can buy one in children's sizes. Oh,
4: fine. By me. Well, will that be cash or ch- charge?
7: <laughs> Neither. Good,
4: because I can't get the cash register to work.
7: (laughs) Do you have these sweaters in children's sizes? Uh, I don't know. Could you check for me? Uh, You
4: want children's wear?
7: This is children's wear. It is? (laughs) Do you have these sweaters in children's sizes? Have you tried Eaton's? No. Could you check for me? (laughs) I don't know. Can you ask someone? I don't know. You do work here, don't you? I was hired for the Christmas rush. Oh, God, I (laughs) might have known. Uh, You could try Eaton's. Oh, well isn't there anything you can do? No, I can't even get the cash register to work. Watch. (laughs) See? You should try Eaton's. Uh oh, oh, there's a sales clerk. Oh, he's full time. Thank goodness. Pardon me, sir. Uh oh. Don't you run away. I'm on my break. No, you don't. You come back. Come back.
3: Wait, there's a sales clerk. Get away! You come back
7: here. I got to be Okay,
4: okay, you got me cornered. Now,
7: I'm shopping for my grandson.
4: But we don't have your grandson, try eating
7: Not so fast laddie, I want to buy a gift for him
4: Okay, we got gifts
7: Okay, now what do you recommend for a boy of 11?
4: A good stiff beating, damn punks have it too soft
7: I want to buy him a sweater
4: See, wouldn't buy me a sweater
7: I would if you were in my family
4: Forget it, it's not worth it
7: Listen, I was thinking of this sweater
4: Yeah, I was thinking of my dinner
7: I want to buy this sweater
4: So I want to buy my dinner Look!
7: What do you have in the way of sweaters?
4: A display case So keep your grubby paws to yourself
7: That does it! Can
4: I go now, fatso? No!
7: You're the rudest clerk I've ever met I've never seen such abusive, insulting behavior I can't imagine anyone treating a customer more shabbily Have
4: you tried Eaton's? (laughs)
0: So to end our show, uh, this is a song called Nazi Paraphernalia, and it has a bit of a a history, and here to tell us all about it is...
2: Paul. Well, well, thank you just, very much. Not what? just history, not just history. What? It has some geography too. I just <laughs> want to say. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: okay. Uh, uh, Nazi paraphernalia. Who sang this on the the? It was that was you and uh,
0: Dan singing. No, we brought we got in a trio of girls to come oh, in. Oh, show. you mean on the radio on show? On the radio show. Uh, it was probably Sorry, Carolyn. Scott. Carolyn? Was Carolyn?
1: Yeah. That's right. Sorry, I, I, we're supposed to sound like we know these bits. Well, on television, I was the Nazi, which was great because. Uh, I'm half-Jewish, so that allowed me to be a Nazi, I think, without making it offensive. Yep. But while we were shooting this, a whole bunch of real punks, because I was dressed up as a punk with all sorts of Nazi paraphernalia, because that's the name of the song, um, we got an entourage of real punks watching us, and we they let us shoot it, and we got some great coverage.
0: And uh, what were Dan, Rick, and I wearing, Paul? Uh, I think... Pink Chiffon. Yes, we were the the Andrews sisters. Andrew brothers. And what was the fate of the video, Paul? Uh,
1: uh, It it went on air once, and then people were so offended that uh, they got complaints to CBC, and it was cut out of future shows.
0: And even though we had a little old lady at the end of the video beating the crap out of you with a purse. And
1: that was the point of having the little old lady beat me up, was to allow some kind of ending that would... What's the word? Um wrap uh, it up
2: that it would have up. a moral tone yes, and a punishment that evil was being punished but uh i didn't know that but
5: i didn't know it was pulled off the air
2: that yeah makes me yeah. mad and yet they ran where cheese comes from which basically consisted of us scraping goo oh, from our toes i know into people a jar.
1: people were totally grossed out about that with that sketch people were totally grossed out with that sketch <laughs> completely
0: so here's nazi paraphernalia <laughs> with, what were we with
2: talking cheese. about
6: stepping down the street. He ain't no Cary Grant. The young guy with the mohawk hair and shiny leather pants. He's not too tall. He don't look rich. Why does he catch your eye? How come you feel afraid of him? He's just an average guy. But he's wearing Nazi paraphernalia. (laughs) Dressed up in SS regalia. No one thinks you're a failure when you're wearing nazi paraphernalia this kid ain't bright, his teeth aren't right but still he gets respect he wears a big swastika but it's purely for effect he polishes his iron cross to give himself some power he chose this image carefully to make the people cower but he's wearing nazi paraphernalia Regalia. No one thinks you're a failure when you're wearing Nazi paraphernalia. He wants to wear a uniform to be part of the group. The RCMP turned him down as did the Boy Scout troop. But he will find acceptance still. You know, he's not afraid because he is his own Third Reich and now he's on parade. He's wearing nasty paraphernalia, dressed, dressed up in ancestral regalia. No one thinks you're a failure when you're wearing.
0: Closing credits for The Best of Frantic Times, the podcast. The podcast, Paul. I said podcast. podcast. (laughs) Written and performed by the Frantics. Rick Green, Dan Redican, Peter Wellman, but not Paul Chadow! With special guests Maggie Butterfield, Meg Ruffman, and Carolyn Scott. And Dan Redican. And no oh, Paul Chatto in that list. Oh, I'm in Original I'm CBC in production in this. by Dave Milligan with Sound Effects by Kathy Perry. Don't and Anton Szabo, who is a much better Hungarian than Paul Shadow. He's a well and Hungarian. The Frantic Times <laughs> podcast was produced by Derek Wellsman! Food to the head! Food to the head Food to the head. Food to the head.
1: Is is Derek well hung,
0: Gary? You wanted to revisit
4: it? You got away with it the first time. You wanted to revisit it. (laughs) I thought, yeah. You did it
1: already. Was it funny and... No, no.